0: Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearchurch.com or download our app, available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. Father I thank you so much for this time and this is exactly how I received healing and I'm alive today and so in honor to you father we start off this semester I ask you Lord God that everyone here will hear the word from you they need to hear I ask you Lord God their eyes will see and you will reveal unto them who you are father and how much you love them and want to help them and I ask you Lord God that their hearts Begin to understand some things in the scriptures, as you are a healer, a restorer, a life giver, Lord God, and you love us so much. And so, thank you for your mercy, for your help during this time in this season, semester. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Okay, so I um, I'm going to talk to you. I gave you a little handout here, a little outline. This is the restorative healing side that's the side you want to work with here and I'm <laughs> I'm always a little hesitant to give my notes out I'm like just in case I change so there's a lot of room you can go she just did something else so I went to a different scripture you can write that down But I've loved studying this, and um, I love that God is a restorer, and he restores our lives, and knowing him as a restorer, that he will put something back to the original state, that he can return something that maybe was good or okay long ago, and it can become useful again, and, and that's what that word restoration means. It can dovetail into what healing is, what God does in our life that he restores to us. So as I've been studying this, I was looking at um, uh, uh, a man who restores violins. It was fascinating to me. He lives in Israel, and he repaired and restores violin. And someone came in and brought him a violin from World War II. And he was a Jewish man, and this World War II violin was very special in that it was played in the concentration camps in Auschwitz. And so he began restoring it, took it apart. He said it still had the ashes from, you know, the gas chambers in the violin. He said it just kind of caught him, and he began gathering as many violins from World War II that were played inside the concentration camps as he could, and um And you may not know this, I didn't realize it, but as people entered the concentration camps, they had an orchestra playing and it would make people feel like maybe this place isn't so bad. And they actually would also play. The orchestra would play as people were going to their death to the gas chambers. Yeah. And so these instruments were played by prisoners that, um, that also died. And they were found, and they were in bad condition. They were out in the elements and things like this. So this man, he's in his 70s in Israel, and he restores them. And to get them to where they're playing and useful again, as they originally were. And interestingly enough, he says, I don't want to just restore it so it sits on a shelf. It needs to be played again. He said, said, the violin needs to have a voice again, it needs to have a voice just like it did from the person who originally played it. And so they take these violins and they allow like different orchestras, like the Chicago, they'll come and travel and they'll give them and let them play these concerts with these uh, violins called um, Hope, Violins of Hope. Isn't that interesting? But the restoration and he's just taking care of them and all. But do you know that God is a restorer to us? Now we know that things get restored, you know? You restore a piece of furniture, you get your house restored, that's a big job if you've ever had your home restored. I mean, it's it's like, whew, it could be a little bit uncomfortable before it gets comfortable. But what a restoration is, is you're not really changing the structure of something, you're renewing what's on the inside. You're making it like new, you're Bringing it to its original state or even better and I believe God has this for all of us in our life he wants to restore you in every way in your body in your emotions God can bring things back to where he originally wanted you to be what you were created to be and that your life has such amazing beautiful meaning and can actually even be better than it was. And you're thinking, okay, how does that work? But see, okay, we understand restoring things. We can actually be restored in our relationship with the Lord. You can have your confidence and trust in the Lord restored. And God even says in our emotional well being, He can restore us in the soul. That's a big thing. I mean, to be mentally and emotionally well and to have restoration there where there's a soundness in you, Sometimes a tragic event happened and it caused you to just kind of get off center and God's like, I can restore to you, bring you back to original state, bring you back to a peaceful state. He can return things to the way they should be. I'm, I'm just love this word. And if you didn't think that was exactly, could God do that? Think of the beautiful Psalm 23. It shows us who God is and saying he's a good shepherd and he leads us. He makes us lie down in green pastures. He leads us by still waters. And then in verse 3, it says he restores our soul. He will restore our emotional well-being. And the thing is, is that when we have a sound heart and our emotional well-being is even restored and where it should be, It's healthy for our flesh. We All of our body begins to get better too. But just knowing what an amazing master craftsman God is and how restorative he is, no matter what you've lost or sometimes we ruined things, God's like, "Mm, I can fix that for you. He knows how to do it, just like this master violinist who repairs violins. I don't know how to fix violins, he does. God knows how to fix things in your body that you're like, I don't know how to fix it. I'm just, you know, whatever the doctors tell me, no matter whatever happens on, you know, in the natural, I guess that's. But God knows how to fix things and make them right and bring them back to the original state. So I want to share with you um, tonight a story about in the scriptures where we see a restoration. When I think of a restoration, I think maybe it was okay at one point and then something happened and it wasn't okay and it wasn't working right. And that happens a lot of times, again, physically and think emotionally too. But God's like, okay, we're going to see a restoration, and that word is used in this healing passage. So in Matthew 12, I started 8. I'm going to go here to my Bible. For the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Now, when he had departed from there, he went into a synagogue, and behold, there was a man who had a withered hand. And they asked him saying, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath that they might accuse him? Then he said to them, what man is there among you who has one sheep? And if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not lay hold of it and lift it out? Oh, how much more value, of of how much more value than, of how much more value than is a man than a sheep? Sorry, I was reading that differently. Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out, and it was restored as whole as the other. Then the Pharisees went out and plotted against him how they might destroy him. But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew from there, and great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all. I love this whole passage. I'm just going to keep this over here. But you see that Jesus goes into this synagogue, or like a church, you would say. So there's a lot of people here. And it mentions here, behold, or look, I want to show you something. I want to spot something out to you. In this whole crowd of people is a man whose hand is withered. Now, that's not life-threatening, but it certainly is hindering. If you work with your hands, it really is debilitating. You don't know what this man did and how limited he was because something would withered his hand and he wasn't able to use his hand. Uh, what happened just recently to Alan where he lost his voice, you know, it's not it wasn't life threatening, but it was definitely, definitely hindering. I remember the doctor said, how much does he need his voice? I was like, like all the time. <laughs> I said, so. Yes, he needs his voice and thank the Lord, God restored his voice to him and he wants to restore to you too. If if it's big, if it's really difficult or if it's just uncomfortable or hindering, God wants to do something and he notices there's this man in the midst of the synagogue here. Now the people around him are like, they're... They ask a question to Jesus, not because they care about the man. They want to accuse him. They're not asking to, you know, what do you think? How does this? It's different. You can ask God questions and inquire of him. But it's how you ask a question, they they want to accuse them, they want to find them. I want to prove that healing isn't right is basically what they're doing. And sometimes in life you'll meet people that are so intent upon their belief or doctrine, I'm like, but don't you care that somebody gets well, right? That's the right thing, that's what God wants for us. So they're questioning, they're not caring about the man at all. And it's interesting, I I love how Jesus, he goes, you're not supposed to do this on the Sabbath. Let me just give you a little, little, um, very cliff notes of what the Sabbath is. The Sabbath, God said, honor the Sabbath. But what it was is in Genesis where God created the heavens and the earth. He did it for six days and he saw that it was good. He looked at it and said, it's good. It's very good. And on the seventh day, I'm going to rest because I finished all my work. They're going, you're not supposed to heal on the Sabbath day, are you? They're they're liking it to a work. But actually, when you look at the cross and what Jesus did, Jesus was on his body, he bore strength stripes for our healing before the work of the cross the work of the cross is finished healing is actually a finished work we can look back and go that's good that's very good God's like I did that I accomplished that for you now you can just rest and enjoy that so healing isn't a work and they're like you're not allowed to do that you can't do can you heal on the Sabbath yes Healing is a good thing God's good good things were supposed to happen on the Sabbath and when he died on the cross We could see it's a finished work. We rest in who God is and he's a healer and restores to us So they're 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 often their questions in many different ways here also. So Jesus says to him Okay, like you would so you're thinking that an animal because if you had an animal, and, and back then, their animals weren't pets. They didn't have animals for recreation like we have today. Their animals were work animals. So if their work animal and something that was connected to their living, their ability to make a living, fell into a pit, well, they're going to get that out, right? It's connected to their livelihood. They're gonna, he says, if you would do that for an animal is it a man and God says more valuable where's the value You're, you're saying a work animal is more valuable than a man so I love how Jesus puts so many different things in this whole passage here and then he answers it by saying stretch out your hand I'll show you what's more valuable, is basically what he's saying. Stretch out your hand. That's interesting. If he had a withered hand, he didn't say stretch out your arm. I always thought stretch out your arm. He says stretch out your hand. What seems impossible, but but it doesn't work. Stretch it out, and when the man, no matter what, even everybody else around him, was not in the same place, was not looking at Jesus the same way at all, kind of accusatory, questioning. He responds and stretches out his hand, and it's made perfectly whole just like the other one. I love that. That is a restoration of God. The people even seeing that this man has helped, that he can probably work again and live and function again. Those men went and they just, they wanted to accuse Jesus and and they didn't have the right heart and motive at all. Jesus just withdrew himself. A lot of people followed him and got healed. Do you know that when you respond to God and receive his healing mercies and receive his restoration, other people can follow him too and receive healing. Because they're like, "Eh, tell me about him. What were you like before? You mean he restored to you years, which he says he'd do? He'd restore you in your soul, your emotional well-being with what you've been through? And you're like, all I could tell you is yes. I can sleep at night. I'm sound. The past is the past at last, and God's helped me but what about the diagnosis? But God heals me, he restores, he made me, he knows how to fix me, he knows how to help us. And so my prayer tonight, God bless you. My prayer tonight is that we not only see how kind and good and caring God is in his heart towards us, but we respond and we receive and we see that restoration and restorative healing in our life, in every area of your life. I love that I was able to receive healing. I went to healing classes. uh, That was in 1993 that I went and I received healing in my body and I'm so thankful for that and pain off of my life. Uh, But I'm really thankful too that in my soul, I began to have peace. I was like, well, if I'm gonna be here for healing, I might as well get the whole thing. And my my advice to you is get everything from God. You know, just say, talk to me, Lord. I wanna receive from you. And, and sometimes, our value, and God says, "People are valuable to God. People are valuable to." Him, but we have to value ourselves. Sometimes we don't value ourselves. You're like, "Yeah, but you don't know me, and I don't know if I'm." You know, I, I was like that, definitely. Well, it's interesting. Um, I was reading about Michelangelo, and you know Michelangelo, he made that sculpture of the David, you know, you've heard of that one, I think it's in Florence, and, but I, you may know this, but I thought it was interesting that 50 years before he sculpted it, or started sculpting, it it took him about two years, uh, there was a man that started sculpting it, and he thought, "Uh, the marble's flawed, there's no way I can do it, so he stopped, he didn't even go very far. Then another man tried to work it, and he said, the marble's just mediocre, it's not gonna, we can't work it, it's flawed. It had sat out in the elements, but 50, like 50 years later, Michelangelo says, um, maybe I can do something with that marble. They didn't want to throw it away because it was an expensive piece. So in two years, he carved the David is 17 feet high. And he carved something beautiful that people go like and look at for years and years and years. You know, you may think that on the inside, your self-image, you may feel so poorly about yourself that you're marred and, you know, people have tried to help you and it's never just worked before. But that's how God sees you. God sees you as I don't care how long you've been out in the elements, I can do something in your life. I can carve something good in your life. I can restore to you in areas. I can I can do things for you. Just Just trust me. And even if your confidence and trust is in God and increases and is restored, that's a good start. <laughs> But I love who God is. I love that he's a creator. I love what he can do. There's nothing that you're going through that he can't fix. He made you. He can restore you to. So when, when we're looking at all of this, and when I'm studying these things, and this is a lot of how I received healing, was going through the healing passages um, and looking at different things that, that struck me. For me, in receiving healing, knowing that um, God would even notice me. I think it's interesting that you, you have this whole congreg- congregation in the synagogue, and there's a withered man that's noticed. And sometimes you think, there's no way anyone is going to notice me. I've been overlooked all my life. <laughs> but God notices. He notices the big things. He notices the little things. And He actually hears our prayers. When you pray, He hears your prayers. And the Bible says that in Psalm thirty-four fifteen, It says, the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open or attentive to his cry for help when you cry out for help not just even asking somebody else to cry out for you when you cry out for help in the middle of the night in the morning whenever you do god hears you he's attentive to you He notices you. And when you know that, think about it. When you know somebody really cares for you and notices you, it does something for you. It it warms you. It causes you to think, maybe, maybe I can come out of this. Maybe, maybe there's hope for me. Just because someone notices you and... To really believe that the God of heaven and earth notices, knows what you're going through, it's not too hard for him at all. And that he longs for and wants to help you is a power f- that in and of itself can be amazingly healing, amazingly healing on the inside. Thank you, Lord, you would take notice of me. Thank you that my prayers matter. Thank you that my life matters. Even when I made a thousand mistakes, my life still matters to you. And you still believe that, that something good can happen to me, even if it never did, it can now. Still have breath, you're here. God wants something good for you, he wants to restore, bring things back to the way it was always supposed to be. Love that. Just like the violins, you're supposed to have a voice supposed to have a life and a good one so um, it's interesting I love this one story that Alan tells and so I'm like I, I'm going to share that story I like this story <laughs> I take all his really good stories <laughs> but um, I, I and I'm not sure if this you can find it online I'm not sure if this is a real story or not but it's I um, have a little girl that had a cleft palate and she was always embarrassed of her cleft palate. She was born that way, but she was made fun of a lot. And so it was embarrassing for her. And she used to tell the kids, you know, I fell on some glass, and that's why my nose and my mouth is like that. Because she just didn't like the idea of feeling that she was born that way. She didn't tell them, too, that she was deaf in one ear. And so this was back in the 1950s. And so you know how we did things so different back then. And they did these little hearing tests. And so the, the teacher was in the back of the room, and she stood at the front door. And so they do this whisper test to see if they could hear. So you had to close one ear and then listen. So it was her turn, and she dreaded it, and she didn't want the kids to know there was something else wrong with her too that she couldn't hear. So when she turned her ear, the, the one that she couldn't hear of, she kind of opened the one she was supposed to be holding. And she's waiting for Mrs. Leonard to say something. Now, she liked Mrs. Leonard. She said she was just kind. She had kind eyes and dark hair and was just a sweet teacher. Usually she would say something like, I like your blue shoes. That's a pretty dress you have on. And then you'd repeat that, see if you hear. But she said what Mrs. Leonard said to her on that day Changed everything. She'll never forget it. She covered her ear and Mrs. Leonard whispers and says, I wish you were my little girl. And she said it did something. Somebody noticed her. Somebody cared about her beyond everything that's wrong in your life. To really know that God cares and loves you and can help you and wants to help you. Oh my goodness, you can receive all kinds of things from God right there. Such a soothing sense of his peace. And I believe God whispers just the kindest things to us. We have to be able to receive and go, "I, I believe that you really do care about me. You really do love me. In fact, I had a scripture, and I wasn't sure where it fit, but I want—I think it might fit here. I want to say this, because this may be something for someone here. Job 10, 12 says this. You granted me life and favor, and your care has preserved my spirit. I, I love that. What if the Lord were to stand right here and go, I am giving you, that's what that word grant, life and favor with that life. You're going to have favor on your life. And the care that I am giving you and have for you will preserve you. Will preserve your emotional well-being. is going to preserve you. Just the care that God has. That's a powerful word. And we can take that word and receive that word and go, I believe the love that God has for me. I believe he cares for me and that he's preserving me and he's given me life and favor. But I believe that's, that's really a word uh, from the Lord for us to just receive there. He cares for us. I love that word value. Um, I want to read a definition I had. Uh, that word value, um, it's when you treasure something. It's when something has worth to you, when something's very important to you, you value it, you esteem it, you cherish it, and that's a, to me that's an old word, cherish, but cherish means you have a special love and care for, for someone or something, I have a special love and care for this. And so it's valuable to me. It's important to me thinking and really believing that God thinks of us as valuable to him. Now, you know, there's things that we all have that are valuable to, to you, but they're not valuable to somebody else. You know, I have a few things around my house that don't have a dollar value on them, but I love them. They mean something to me. So I put them in a special place, you know. I'm like, that, that speaks to me. I love this little piece that nobody else would understand. That's how we are to God. He values us. Whether you've ever felt valuable or cared for in your life, the God of heaven and earth values you. So we just want to let that settle in for a second. Because that's a truth. That can bring healing and hope. The God of heaven and earth values you. Now, I'll show you a scripture out of Psalm 8. Is it 8? Yes. 8, 3, and 4. Let me show you this. If we start in verse 3, it says When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon, and the stars which you ordained, What is man that you're so mindful of him? Or the son of man that you would visit him? Or that word visit can mean care for him. How how could you care so much for me? Why would you want to visit and and help me? You made the heavens and the earth. He made the heavens and the earth with his fingers, it says, he's a creator, a master craftsman, like the artist like the violinist, like Michelangelo. He's like, I see something in you. I created you. I can do something with your life. And he values us. He treasures us. He cherishes us. He has a special love and care for us. Even in the scriptures, it says, Christ cherishes the church. And one translates, we're the church. He cherishes us. He has a special love for us. Now, you've got to remember, usually most of us have maybe one person we feel like loved us at one time. Really? Maybe it's a grandmother or, or someone that's like, I know, I know this one person. They really love me. They really care for me. And if I'm really hurting, I can call them. And I know they'll bring me comfort, and I know they'll understand me. And that's good. Good. But do you know we want to assign that to God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. That he really cares for you. He really loves you. You can call him on him. Talk to him. Just real normal where you're praying and just talking like I'm talking to you tonight. You talk to God knowing he hears me. He loves me. He can fix things in my life that aren't right. He'll restore me. Back to where I, I, have always wanted to be, better than where I was. And if you learn to do it uh, more regularly, then you don't end up in too much disrepair. When I, when I, we had our house uh, done. A uh, couple of years ago, about well four years ago, I waited till everything broke down. <laughs> that was that was like ridiculous trying to get all that fixed because like nothing was working. I'm like, OK, I used it till it didn't work anymore. Now it's got to all be done. Well, that was a big deal. It's nicer if you fix it as you go. So my encouragement to you is when things are bothering you in your soul or in your body, talk to the Lord about it right away. Ask him, what would you say to me here? What would you have me to do? I believe you care for me. I believe you have advice for me. You, you will help me here. That's exactly what we did when Alan lost his voice. I was like, okay, if you're not speaking, that means I'm speaking. <laughs> So I'm really praying here. <laughs> I'm like, okay, we, oh Lord, we went to go, Father, we, we are just asking you for his, for his voice, but we've learned to ask the Lord for everything and you don't let it sit too long to where you need like a whole repair. He can do that too, but it's nice to get to the place where you're talking to the Lord. You know, he cares for you and talked about everything and he's just constantly refurbishing and renewing and strengthening things in your life. And that's a good way to live. It's a peaceful way to live. And then I think the most amazing thing to me about the Lord that I love about his healing is you just feel so loved by him. You really do care for us. You made the heavens and the earth. You're so big. You're such a master craftsman. You're a creator. You made me, you know, me, you can fix me. And the fact that you want to, you would be mindful of me. You would hear my prayers. How, thank you so much, Lord. I just, I love everything. And that's a, a prayer I have for all of us is that the, to know the care of God, to understand how valuable you are to him, to him. No matter what pains, no matter what anybody else has done to you in your life, you are valued by God. And that can overshadow and override anything else. It really, really can and bring huge healing. And he will restore your life. Jeremiah 30, 17. Um, I really like this scripture. It's so interesting. It says, for I will restore health to you. I will do it. He says, I will do it. And I'll heal you of your wounds, says the Lord. Because they called you an outcast saying, this is Zion. No one seeks or cares for her. There will be some people in your life. And sometimes I know I've gotten caught up. Well, they don't just really care. They don't love me anymore. And you can't get caught up in who's going to be that way at all just know God does care for me he will restore health to me he will restore and bring my life to the place where it's supposed to be and I love that word restore health can also mean um, he will apply a bandage to your life isn't that interesting I love that description i like visuals visuals help me that's how i learn. he will apply a bandage to your life he will restore health to you i thought i i just i like that visual because think of it with a child what is it about a band-aid that makes them feel better i don't get it i'm like why you know okay you're hurting don't worry i'm gonna get you a band-aid all right it doesn't even have to be colored that the kids just like a band and i was like what is this connection with a band-aid how come it's all better with a band-aid so i looked it up i'm like why is it better with a band-aid what is that with a band-aid and it's interesting what i read is it's what's associated with a band-aid when you're putting a band-aid on a child you're like oh let me see that wound Oh, how did you do that? And then you're touching them and you're maybe giving them a kiss, you're reassuring. It's everything associated with the band aid that's caring. God will restore health to us in the most caring, kind manner to where you feel his heart, not just a relief from physical pain or or your situation, but you feel the love of God, to know the love of God, to know the care of God, no matter what's happening around you. This man with the withered hand, he's kind of surrounded by a lot of unkindness. But you know who he responds to? He responds to Jesus going, stretch your hand out. I need you to do something that's a little hard. Come on. You could do it. But when somebody who loves you asks you to do something, you can do it. They're for you. They're going to help you. God, the Father, and Jesus, they'll never ask you to do something you can't do. And you'll be so happy when you do do it. But I love how he responds to Jesus' command. Do you know we have to respond to Jesus? He's speaking to us. He's saying something to us. And so you have to go, okay, what's my hand movement. What would be my stretching out my hand to what God is saying for me to do? I'm going to give you something just real easy that we can begin to do together. I could tell you I'm doing this myself. You can thank God for who he is. I began writing things down every night thanking him for what's in a day. It's just a good practice. There's more good in a day even when you have a really horrible, terrible day. There's usually something good in it and you're being thankful. That's stretching out your hand. God, I believe you're gonna work something good. I believe you love me, you're helping me. You're starting to stretch a little bit and respond to God. Remember, if God wants a relationship with us, if he's like, I want to care for you, I want to show my goodness to you, you have to be responsive or you don't have a relationship, right? When you're responding, then you have something at heart. He is the healer. When you're communicating with God, the healer, His healing's going to come into you, so you want to make sure you're responding. What's another way that you can respond? You can speak the words of God. We release our faith by speaking. Oftentimes, God will show you something in the scriptures, give you a, a word or something, and we're like, that is just so nice and we don't do anything with it. You've got to get God's words in your mouth. It says faith or our trust without works is dead. It has to be activated. The things of God really are voice activated. God needs you to get them in your mouth and you begin to speak them. And what are you doing? Stretching out your hand. And you can see restoration and recovery just as whole As anything else, as in your life or anything you've ever dreamed could be. It could be better than it originally really was where you started with God. But but begin to speak. So what I did is on the paper you have here, on the back, there's just five Five of these scriptures here, they're a comp- compilation of a couple of scriptures from a man named um, Charles Caps, and they're personalized here. Okay, so let's, let's do this. Take five and it, it's written like a prescription. This semester, just speak these every single day and see what God says to you. And that is stretching, that is responding to God's words. When, if the man didn't respond, when Jesus said, stretch out your hand, he wouldn't have received healing, right? So God, he talks to us over and over again. He needs his words in our mouths. That's how we activate the things of God. When we do, that's a response. That's an action that we can take there too. And two, if you, maybe um, you get up and read your Bible, but do a little bit more. I'm going to get up five minutes earlier. I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek you out. I'm going to be responsive to you. You are God. You are good. I trust you. I love you. And I believe you love me. And if you'll begin to do this, you're going to feel the love of God. You will read something that nobody else on this earth could say to you. And it's so personal from God. And it's just like salve to your soul. You're like, I don't know why, but I slept last night. I don't know why, but that pain and anxiety in my belly, it's, it was gone. Write that in your little thank you note. I have like a little, little booklet. I just write. Thank you. Nobody else who can see it? But those are responses to God. When you respond to him, oh my goodness, watch and see the healing that takes place in your life. God wants us to have these things. I a response, just so you know here, is an observable and measurable behavior. A response is an observable and measurable behavior. You can see it. You're responsive. We're that way in relationships. Uh, uh, you know... Think about a relationship that you have that um, there's no response. You know, you're like, talk to me. Do you know that God's like, he loves us so much. He's like, respond to me, I'll respond to you. He will never leave you alone. He loves you. He cares for you. He has good things for you. And just like this man with the withered hand, he wants us made whole. This is exactly what Alan and I did as his voice was. I mean, I'm like, okay, he, he had no voice at all, and he's whispering these scriptures. I'm like, come on. Let's go. You know, let's whisper him again. You know, I'm speaking them too. We're spe- we're spe- I can't get healing for him, but I could surround him with faith. I believe God cares. I believe, and he's speaking tonight. And so I'm like, thank you, Lord. Miraculously, the doctors just looked at him and said, how come your voice is coming back? (laughs) Because it didn't look too good at first. So it may not look too good right now, but it will. God can get you to where you're supposed to be. God can get you to the original state. He loves you. He cares about you no matter what you've been through. And so that's our prayer for you. And I'm going to pray for you, okay? Father, thank you so much for every person here. And I ask you that these words and the anointing on this word, Lord God, will help each one, Father, get the word of God in their heart, in their mouth, Lord, and receive healing. And know how much that you care for them. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So think about the scriptures. Think about how you're going to respond. And you know what? We usually do this in the beginning, but I'm going to do it at the end. (laughs) If you have a Bible, this is my Bible. It's God's Word to me. It strengthens me. It refreshes me. It's medicine to me. I love to read my Bible. Amen. And that's responding to him. Amen. We love you guys. We're here if you have any questions.